Welcome to Faith Family in the Force. I'm Oliver. And I'm Annabeth. Faith Family in the Force is a podcast about just that, our faith, our family, and our experiences as Oliver is in the Air Force. And on today's episode, we start our four-part series on common phrases that Christians and non-Christians say that may be in the Bible or maybe not. We hope you enjoy. What's going on, guys? So what are we going to be talking about tonight? Okay, so I have been a Christian basically my whole life, and growing up, just in general, even if you're not in the church, but just in general, you hear these Christian, quote-unquote Christian phrases or biblical phrases, things like money is the root of all evil, which we're going to talk about tonight, or God won't give you more than you can handle, things like that that people say all the time. Right. And a lot of these aren't actually in the Bible. What? (laughs) So we're going to do a little series of a few episodes talking about some of these phrases and what the Bible actually says and maybe where they came from and why people say them. Nice. So welcome to the first episode of Mm -hmm. our three-part mini-series on common phrases that get said about Christianity or that Christians say, if you will. Yeah. And a lot of these have just become like very common phrases just in America, I think. Right. And they were originally from the Bible and just got misconstrued or they weren't even in the Bible and they kind of came from like somewhere else and people assume that they are from the Bible. Um, And also, also, maybe they are true. Maybe they aren't in the Bible, but that doesn't mean that they're not true and good sayings. So we'll see. Yeah, that's what I was about to say is I think a lot of these sayings, if you will, or these phrases aren't bad mm-hmm. and they don't come from a place of bad intent. Right. Right. Everything, all these like this list of phrases that we're going to go through uh, throughout this little mini series here. There's some there's a little truth to them, just yes. not the truth. Yeah. If you get what I'm saying. And I don't mind people saying them sometimes some of them bother me more than others okay (laughs) you'll know you'll get to hear all my rants but I don't mind people saying them sometimes but I think a lot of times people do assume that this is biblical or that came straight from the bible when that's not the case yeah absolutely and I'm I'm a little excited about this because this is kind of edgy, you know. Yeah. So on yeah. Faith, Family, and the Force, we we talk about our faith and mm-hmm. we talk about theology and things like that. Yeah. And so I think it's important if you are a person of faith to know what you're saying and if it is biblical or not, and not always just assuming oh it, ha- it says something about God or you know I don't know just assuming that that is the truth or that's the way that christians do things or the way that god does things and to really like look at it i see often this really bothers me too of people sharing stuff on facebook i remember a few years ago and i still remember this obviously because it bothered me enough for me to still remember it <laughs> oh, Lord. and i was trying to find the verse earlier but i can't remember what it was but it was a cute picture with just some written words and a reference to a verse at the bottom and it said something 
I don't remember about beauty and your worth more than gold or something like that, you know, and then had the verse and it, it made it look like that's what the verse said. But if you looked up the verse, that's not what it said at all. (laughs) And so things like that, just being aware of what you're sharing, um, and what you're saying and what you actually mean before you say it and share it. So before we dive into this, just kind of like, let me pull this thread with you for a minute. Okay. So if you guys didn't know, Annabeth went to college to study youth ministry, children's mm-hmm. ministry. So she's pretty well versed, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> on Bible stuff. She's taken Old Testament classes. She's taken New Testament. She has some pedigree here, if you will. A uh, little. A little bit about <laughs> this. So I honestly, she's my she's my rock a lot of times when it comes to biblical knowledge, mm-hmm. just because she has a lot more formal education. If we were talking about, and I still would not say I'm an expert, right? You didn't by go to any means, seminary, you don't have an yeah. MDiv and stuff, but like you're educationally trained, if you will, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bachelor's degree. Yeah. <laughs> so, but how? How often throughout your studies, not to go down too much of a rabbit hole, but I think mm-hmm. this is important during your like Old Testament, New Testament classes, would you read a verse and realize that maybe you had been taking something that out of context the whole time yes. because you were missing the beginning part or the ending part oh, or whatever yeah. the case is? Yes, for sure. And that's true too of just even people pulling out verses and still being exact on what they say. Um, a good example, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Like everyone knows that verse. Like you know, it's a common verse. It's a great verse, but people just take one verse out of the Bible and go off of that when they they don't read the full chapter or even think about who it was written to. Right. What the context was at all. You know. Yeah, I. I found that in my own personal like Bible studies to be beneficial for me to understand like who it was written to and things like that and really get all of the context. Mm -hmm. And then it adds weight to that specific verse that I'm extracting, if you will. So just keeping that in mind, guys. Um, So this first one, this one kind of reminds me of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. Okay. Because he's always like, oh, money, 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 money. Yeah. So it is. You've heard the phrase, guys, money is the root of all evil. Yes. And, okay, just first of all, agree or disagree? Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll entertain it. Sure, yeah, I could, I agree. Like, obviously, like me being a deep thinker, <laughs> I'm instantly like, it's not just money. Like, there's a action before that, something that yes. drives to, right. to that. But, yeah, sure, why not? Okay, and so I'm going to read just the verse that this phrase comes from first, and we are going to read the verses around it in a little bit, but the verse actually says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Right, and that's 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Yes, so money is the root of all evil. They took out a couple words. Specifically, I think the most important is the love of money is what people leave out. Um, And it's the root of all kinds of evil, not just all evil. I don't know if that is a big... Different kinds of evil. Yeah. So, but to me, the the main important thing that people are leaving out is the love of money. Right. And I think mainly because money 
isn't just inherently bad or evil by itself. We have to have money to live and, you know, go on about our daily life. (laughs) Right, yes. If you want to live in a house or have a car or, you know, buy food. Right. You have to have money and that's not evil. Oh, 100%. I agree. And I literally could expend the next (laughs) however much time talking on this podcast about the creation of money and like everything with the fed federal reserve and stuff but i'm not gonna do that i'll spare you guys for my uh the economist podcast i might come out with one day but yeah i i think that that action of loving money mm-hmm. it being the root of all kinds of evil mm-hmm. is it's super important like i hate how that word gets left out yeah i was actually listening to another podcast today um and they were talking about how you define success and they said on there if you are defining success just by the amount of money you're making you're going to be disappointed right there's so many other things that define success just besides just how much money you're getting yeah i so like i said my background is economics and finances and things like that so i totally I have read reports and studies and statistical data that like show over time that your happiness, like a little bit of it in the American world is driven by how much money you make. But if you just keep increasing your income, it doesn't mean your happiness is directly correlated Mm -hmm. with that. They've actually shown that at a certain amount of income, your happiness starts to decrease. So I'm not going to give away the magic number, but (laughs) there's a number out there and it sits somewhere. uh, I think it's around like 80 to a hundred grand a year Mm -hmm. of like money, take home money and stuff that people like are tend to be happy because they're not worrying about certain things and whatnot. Yeah. But back to the main issue. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to read some of the other verses that are around this verse. So you just give us some more context. Um, starting with First Timothy 6, 6. It says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Mm. Okay, there's like so much in just those few verses. Like basically, honestly, you could handle your finances if you are a Christian following Jesus and you want to know how to handle your finances, like look at these verses. Yeah. Dave Ramsey, listen up here, man. (laughs) For sure. So just, I guess going through these verses, the first one, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Yeah. I, that's deep. (laughs) It really is. One sentence steepness. Yeah. And I think that's really hard, especially in America we are all, I mean, have been, our society is just like chasing after the next thing, getting better, getting right. bigger. Keeping up with the Joneses. The yes. More, whoever has some more toys wins and that whole concept. It's, it's absolutely, it's contradictory to what the Bible teaches. Yeah, exactly. And just actually having 
contentment in God and that being like how you're measuring your wealth. I think that's a real, it's really hard to do, Yeah. but that's the only way you're going to get true contentment. Absolutely. I love this. The next verse, after all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the Mm -hmm. world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. Yeah. It reminds me of the ancient Egyptians and they built their big tombs and like the pharaohs and (laughs) they're buried with all their gold and stuff like that. And it sounds silly now because it's pretty common practice, right? And we can only really speak to American culture. But like before you're buried, they, you're not buried. You have your funeral little clothes, right? And your yeah. rings and you're all yeah. done up for your funeral. But they take, away, they take off your rings and earrings and all that and give mm-hmm. them to your family. And then your family fights over all your possessions, <laughs> right? But you're not buried with that. Like, yeah. so we've really taken that literal, which is good because mm-hmm. it's kind of a squandered waste, but it's also at the end of the day, like none of the stuff is going to matter because mm-hmm. you came in. And with I nothing. think again, that's not to say it's not okay to like accumulate some wealth and have things throughout your life. Sure. But it is saying like, that's gives you a good perspective of like, Hey, it's also great to give some money away, like to be generous with my money, whether that's giving it to like you're setting up a college fund for your kids, your grandkids, or that's tithing every week at church, or that's giving to an organization or giving to homeless people, you know, whatever that might be for you, because it is great to have it while we're here. But again, once we, we die, we... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Oh, man. Yeah. How many times (laughs) have I been like, let's order some more food. Like, we need to buy these clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, we need this. We need that. For sure. I want this. I want that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I I think, again, I, I don't know it doesn't tell us the magic number of how much clothing and how much food is enough. Right. Right. It's going to be kind of up to us and up to like us discussing it with the Lord and with our families and things like that. And I don't think it's bad to have fun things. It's not bad to have, you know, use your money to buy a basketball goal or buy extra things. But then again, think about what you do with those extra things even. Like, are you inviting people into your life? Are you sharing that? Are you being generous with your pool that you put in your backyard or right. your boat? Or even if you just have, you know, 50 bucks extra a week, what are you doing with it? Yeah, this kind of it reminds me of when Jesus like sends out the apostles and disciples to different towns during the ministry. And he's like go forth and like stay in that home eat eat with Mm -hmm. them take nothing but the clothes on your back and things like that be very minimalistic and there is kind of at least a couple years ago and i looked into this because i was hipster like this uh a trend of being minimalisms Mm -hmm. and like i was watching these youtube videos and these guys were like they had two pairs of shirts (laughs) two pairs of pants like literally they could live in a backpack you go in their home, they have one bowl, yeah. one cup, one fork, one spoon. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, that's so legit. Like they have exactly what they need. They yes. don't have anything more. And then I'm like, but they sit in the same chair. Like they don't have a <laughs> recliner or a couch. And 
Like mm-hmm. they wear the same shirt everywhere, you know? Yeah. And it's a really cool idea. It's not for me and yeah. Beth, but every <laughs> once in a while, it's like, who's that lady that sparks joy? That whole movement where she would, she was like, if it doesn't spark joy, take it out oh, of your house. Oh, yeah. It kinda, Marie Kondo. It, yeah. yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of some of that sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. The next verse, it um, said, people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. It's a lot in that one verse. <laughs> I, I think, though, this hits on, like, the key about money is the root of all evil like this mm-hmm. whole that phrase which is incorrectly said but has really good intention yeah uh, pulled from verse 10 here it, it it can be the root of evil if you fall into that temptation of just wanting more and more and wanting to be rich and hoarding money for yourself right and it, it has to in my opinion do with that per your perspective shift and finding what you're content in and the thing that the thing you love is what's going to drive your life, right? Um, and so longing to be rich and falling into temptation and you're trapped, like that's, you're loving money. And so you're doing, you're working towards that. And mm-hmm. instead of working towards a relationship with God. And I, I think that's where the disconnect is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next one the, is the verse for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Um, which we've talked about, but the next part of that verse, uh, I guess gets left out in this phrase all the time too. Right. Um, some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. That makes me think of the story of the prodigal son. Right. He asked his father for his inheritance early. He wants, you know, all the money <laughs> to go and, do whatever he wants with it to squander it like he runs out of money ends up working and i mean he loses his way like his true faith he loses like his relationship with his father um and then obviously caused himself many sorrows <laughs> along the way absolutely i that it's just so good because they, you know, you also hear that that phrase like money can't buy happiness. Yeah. And I am like kind of of the mindset of be, being like, well, that person's <laughs> never had enough money to buy all the things yeah. that they want to buy. Mm-hmm. But there's probably there's some truth in that. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be voids in your life that money just can't fill, uh, and that's friendships, relationships, ultimately, right? Is yeah. what we're driving home here, um, because it's nice having all the toys and all the stuff, but ultimately you have to sleep in a bed mm-hmm. and close your eyes at night and think about life. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to skip a few verses and go down to 17 and read 17 through 19. And this is so good too. So it says, teach those who are rich in this world, not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. That's mm-hmm. verse 17. Again, a lot in that verse. I really like, um, it says like, teach those who are rich. So like, it's okay. Like people are going to have a lot of money. Right. People are, there's going to be rich people. Um, but teach them not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Yeah. I, I think that Paul writing this letter to Timothy answers 
the the problem right with the love of money and how the money is the root of all kinds of evil mm-hmm. the love of it is with he answers his like how to not do that and it's, it's simply this yeah. like your trust should be in god who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment yeah for sure and then what do you think about just specifically money being unreliable like in your economics <laughs> background like how true is that um so if you wanted to go down a huge rabbit <laughs> hole like go and read about the creation of fiat money right that's what our do- dollar bills are which ultimately just means a dollar's worth a dollar because we say it's worth a dollar right that whole like mental concept is kind of wild um, you can look at the history of like money being backed by a gold standard a silver standard and like all this has changed in the united states right some countries still have the gold standard or silver standard Um, it even gets any even more crazy with the creation of digital currencies such as bitcoin and ethereum and stuff like that and i'm not going to go on this rabbit hole much longer because i I really could but there is there's a lot of truth to it Mm -hmm. um like you could wake up one day and if you look at some of these, uh, some of the countries that have hyperinflation and they wake up and they're like, oh my gosh, all the money I earned yesterday working my normal job to provide food and exchange goods and services for the money I earned is now like not even worth it. I might mm-hmm. as well just use it for toilet paper or fire. And they do that, which is just absolutely insane. Yeah, it's crazy. And then sidebar, I've been to like a ton of different countries who have different currencies Mm -hmm. and it is so funny like looking at a ugandan shilling comparing it to west african sifa comparing it to euro comparing it to a dollar bill it's they're all like different types of paper and ultimately it's all monopoly money in real life but it's just so interesting to look at so if you get some time do some research i'm not going to go dive down anymore yeah but it unreliable is a really interesting word that we chose to translate from the original text here Mm -hmm. okay and then it says uh well i like that it says god who gives richly all we need for our enjoyment and i like that because a lot of times i think people don't know or have not been told or don't believe it's true that god wants us to enjoy things yeah Absolutely. Um, God knows your heart. Maybe that's one of the phrases. Maybe I'm <laughs> secretly saying one of the We're phrases. We're saying all oh, these. Lord. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's interesting. Uh, a God who's all knowing. He he knows what brings you joy as a person, and he loves you. So he's gonna help set you up for success and mm-hmm. enjoying that. And he's also gonna deter you from things that you don't enjoy and things that may cause you sorrow. And he's laying some of this stuff out. Paul's laying this stuff out and what causes you sorrow. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and then the next verse, 18, says, Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. We kind of touched on this earlier, but I think being ready to use your money to do good whether you know whatever that means for you that's between you and god but i think that's really important and when you're generous with your money that's going to stop you from that falling into temptation of the loving your money and leading you down a destructive path right yeah because ultimately 
Uh, what's that phrase? This is another phrase, right? Oh, if you love something, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Some Nicholas Sparks stuff going on here. But it it shows that you're not like attached to it and that mm-hmm. you, you're separated and you have that perspective shift, right? That yeah. Paul's trying to drive home here. Um, and your perspective is on your relationship with the Lord and bringing him joy and not loving money and mm-hmm. leading down that the whole path of sorrow. I like also that it says they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. And that it doesn't even have to do with money. Like if you don't have a lot of money, you can still be rich in good works and you can still share what you have with other people. Absolutely. What about that phrase? Like now I'm just thinking. Oh goodness. And because I'm worried, I got to catch myself because I may say this stuff, but like if you bless others, you're going to be blessed and multiplied by like a hundred or whatever the case is, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, like kind of along those lines. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's exactly biblical. I'd have to, yeah, we might have to research dive. that one. But like, I think that's true. Like, and so another weird sidebar, karma, right? <laughs> like this is, we could go on and talk about this for a while too, but we're not going to. I did read a while back, like there is biblically, like karma is a thing, like Christian theologians refer to it as like the law of reciprocation, right? Uh, doing a good act will in turn have a good act upon you mm-hmm. we don't look at it as zero sum as maybe like someone who is hindu or buddhist or whatever the case is right where that like originates but i, I you're there's like some psychology and behavioral studies about this like if you do good just altruistic type things you're more likely to notice good things coming your way mm-hmm. and keep out the bad things even though those good things or bad things, the quantity of those things maybe haven't changed, but your, you, your perspective shifts. And yeah. so I think I've driven that home enough here with the whole perspective shift. Yeah. I, I like that. Okay. And then the last verse 19, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may gain experience true. They may experience true life. Yeah. I mean, Paul lays it out here to Timothy like pretty much what to do yeah and he gives you the problem he gives you the answer to it and then he gives you like the the answer to the answer or like the, <laughs> the outcome right yeah. of the action that you should be doing For sure. it's pretty awesome and guys I totally recommend reading this whole chapter Absolutely. Um, because we did skip um, 11 through 16 and that's just essentially a prayer that Paul writes out to Timothy as like some instructions and it's just really good stuff. So go back and read first Timothy chapter six, the whole chapter Mm -hmm. and you'll glean some good stuff. Yes. And overall we don't agree with the phrase. The money is the root of all evil, but I don't hate it. Yes. It's not the worst phrase, but if you said the love of money is the root of all evil, I'd be more okay with it. I think, (laughs) but if you actually quoted the Bible verse, super okay with it. Yeah. And it's okay to have money. Just be careful, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we hope you guys enjoy this little mini series. This was part one of the three part mini series about common phrases that Christians say and non-Christians say that may or may not be entirely biblical.